the Underdog Podcast from SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Underdog Podcast where we talk G5 football and only G5 football for Underdog Dynasty. And this is another episode of Joe Talk, and it's me, Joe Serpico. And on the other side, it is Joe Broback. What's up, my friend? Hello, hello. How are you? I'm... Um, Looking forward to my trip to Europe. I was telling you before we started. Yeah, this, you're not I'm going till August. Why don't you just relax, okay? Got to buy that stuff now, man. So I don't have to pay an arm and a leg. So I'm not stuck over there. But so the uh, the game plan for this is to continue our weekly previews inside the conference. And for this week, we are up on SMU. So we are pleased to be joined by Phil Mayer of the Pony Stampede. That is the home of SMU at 24-7 Sports. Phil, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I'm excited for this. Yeah, so, yeah, once again, thanks for uh, jumping on. I I know it was kind of a short notice. But so I guess the the biggest question that we want to ask, dating back to last season, is I know – Joe and I were kind of really big on Ben Hicks coming into the year. Um, he was, at least I thought, was going to smash most of the records inside of the conference. He did uh, break a lot of SMU's records. So what was the situation last year? Was it a thing with Sonny Dykes, Rhett Lashley that didn't really work out? Because it's obviously led to him transferring out and following uh, Morris up to Arkansas. You know, I think it was more just uh... – Texas play took a step back, and and that goes back a lot to uh, the losses of Cortland Sutton and Trey Quinn, who uh, who left for the NFL. And with uh, with Hicks, he, he relied on those guys a lot. They're definitely go-to targets um, on third downs. Quinn was just money out of the slot, just getting open all the time. And then uh, Cortland Sutton was great as a deep threat. So he had some some trouble adjusting to life without them a bit. And then you know I think a part of it was. Uh, Coach Dykes and Coach Lashley's system. It's honestly, it wasn't that different from what Chad Morris ran when he was there. But uh, just some of those, some of those throws um, didn't really get there, and, and they didn't quite jive from the beginning, which you could have, you could see with bringing in Will Brown in uh, in week three in Michigan. So I'd say I put mostly the the responsibility of that on on Quinn and Sutton leaving, and and just having two NFL receivers is is hard to recover from having two of them depart so obviously hicks is gone and uh we have you know a competition going on but it seems like the quarterback positions seems it's almost seems like it's kind of settled to many at this point is the quarterback position settled or is there a closer competition than many people realize well, Sonny Dykes is very big on competition and even sort of when you think you have a guy penciled in, just making sure that he knows his spot isn't safe and he has to go hard and practice every day. And uh, we did see that last year with Hicks, and it was pretty shocking to some to see a, a two-year starter get benched as early as the third week after a few pick sixes. But uh, I'd say that uh, once Shane Bouchel does show up, the, the job is as good as his. Um like I said, Coach Coach Dykes will definitely have everybody competing, but just talent-wise, I think Bouchelle will be way ahead of anyone else uh, SMU has right now. Will Brown is still an intriguing prospect, but he's really raw, and, and some of his reads are just not at all where they need to be for him to be playing every week. So I really I would be very surprised if Shane Bouchelle is not starting week one. 
Okay, so I guess we kind of transitioned into this season. So um, what are those expectations for Sonny Dykes in, in this new year? Because they have a lot of um, I mean, a lot of pieces around Boucher to work with. Yeah, they do, for sure. And uh, that starts out with Reggie Robertson and, uh, and James Prochet, who are two just absolute stud receivers. Um, I mentioned – uh, having trouble adjusting from Cortland Sutton and Trey Quinn. And, and I don't think they're quite as good as those guys, both guys getting picked in the NFL draft. But uh, Prochet was one of the better receivers in the AAC last year, putting up crazy numbers in some games, double-digit catches frequently. He had north of 150 yards against Michigan. And uh, Reggie Robertson is just lightning fast. And he was slowed down by an ankle injury that he uh, suffered in week one. And, and played well but I don't think was ever really able to get his full explosion back and watching him this spring it's just crazy he'll uh you'll see him catch a pretty routine pass and he'll just run by the defender and be gone so uh those two will be those two will be big for Shane Bouchelle and uh he's going to be targeting them a lot and I think they're the best receiving receiver duo in the in the conference and they're going to both put up some crazy numbers if they can stay healthy Okay, quick before I ask my next question. Joe has trouble saying names. He can't say Ken Niumatololo. So is it, it's Shane Bougel, correct, not Shane Boucher? Yeah, it's Bouchel, Bouchel, But Come I can't on, play Joe. God, I am, I am terrible. <laughs> Bouchel's easy, too. Anyways. A- <laughs> um, so I guess one thing that was very surprising last year is, so in 2017, Xavier Jones rushed for 1,000 yards, and then last year – it was almost like he wasn't himself. I know at injuries might have had something to do with it, but what what happened to him last year? No, yeah, I'd really say it was injuries uh, as the main thing. And he he got hurt in a before week one actually, and and they tried him out against UNT, but he was just never really himself. And he uh, he sat a couple games, he played a bit, and, and really just didn't put up the same numbers. But another issue was uh, the offensive line wasn't as good, which was just really a big issue with SMU's running game as a whole. And uh, no one really ran the ball that well. Of SMU's three running backs, Jones, Braden, West, and came on Freeman. Uh, for the whole season, Freeman came on a bit at the end. West was, was good for a bit in the beginning, but... They had a very inexperienced offensive line. Uh, they dealt with a lot of injuries, shuffled guys around. They lost Evan Brown before the season, who uh, who's now in the New York Giants, and, and he was huge for them. So I think if Jones uh, Jones gets healthy, he'll uh, he's a candidate to bounce back in a pretty big way. But also, uh, if the offensive line can improve, and they have a, a couple a couple guys who look like they have stable spots in there, and it's still a question mark, but... Uh, Last year was a pretty much a disaster for most of the season. So if that gets better and, and Jones is healthy, I think we could see him where he was in 2017. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a guy that a lot of people inside the conference think could really have a bounce back season this year. But let's switch to the other side of the ball. Um, you know, it's strange to say this, that SMU's defenses last year, it wasn't, I don't want to say it was absolutely terrible because they did play with a lot of young guys and they're playing with a coordinator that a lot of people think could have a significant coaching future. So I'm kind of curious because at the same time, like the numbers don't really back up what you see on, on, you know, I mean, they look better on 
film, then they then you look at the numbers. You're like, I don't know what to make of that. So, what was the uh, the biggest problem on defense? Yeah, I'd just say inconsistency. And I mean, you see the potential is there because you look at some of those games like against Tulane, SMU pulled out a win mostly because Tulane just couldn't move the ball at all in the second half, and and that gave Ben Hicks and SMU time to to come back, and then. Against Houston, Kevin Kane went to a, a 3-3-5, which he hadn't done before and, and looked really smart because Houston wasn't able to move the ball as well as many thought they could against that defense. So you have seen them play well. There were just days where they didn't have it. And, and I mean, against UConn, SMU gave up a ton of points and ended up winning in a shootout, which should, shouldn't even happen against UConn. That game shouldn't be close. And, and UConn was able to move the ball pretty much at will. So I, I really think it's just about being able to come in and play well every single week. And that'll fix the numbers because you mentioned on tape, it's a lot better. And you see some of these games where the pass rush is working and uh, they're shutting down the run and, and it looks like a pretty good defense, but then the next week they'll just fall apart. And as guys get more time in the system and, you know, another year with Kevin Kane being the defensive coordinator at this level, a little more experience on that end. I think it, uh, it should be better and should mirror more what you saw on the tape when the team was playing well. Now, I will say that's a big issue in my mind is cornerback because Jordan Wyatt was the only cornerback with real experience for SMU last year, and he graduated. So they have Robert Hayes, who started half the games last year as their number one, and then um, Juco transfer Sam Westfall is the number two right now. They picked up a transfer from Arkansas, Chevin Calloway, who's uh, waiting on a waiver to see if he can play this year, but there's a lot of uncertainty at that position, and, and we all know how important cornerbacks are. So that's the one sort of X-factor position where if, if some of those guys can, can step up, I can see SMU's defense being pretty good this year. So SMU's, uh, they've, they had one of the better recruiting classes in the conference this year. Um, is that a trend that we can expect from Sonny Dykes, and who are, who are some names that we should keep an eye on going forward? You know, I'd say it is a trend that uh, we can expect to continue because uh, Sonny, he's, uh, he's recruiting different from Chad. He's, he's able to pull some of these guys away from bigger programs, and he's also branching out more. And Chad Morris's thing was uh, recruiting in Texas. And while I think that was good for a, for a bit and allowed them to sort of concentrate in one state, Sonny now has pulled guys out of a couple guys out of Arkansas already in 2020 and one in Oklahoma out of in, in 2020. But uh, as far as the 2019 class, I'd say that uh, one guy to watch is running back TJ McDaniel out of South Lake Carroll. And, and this is a guy who is just every coach's dream. He's a, a super nice kid. I've, I've gotten to know him a bit and uh, goes hard all the time, is, is willing to do whatever it takes, whether that's special teams or anything like that, and also just possesses blazing speed. And he's really a leader in the recruiting class. And uh, just a guy who has the kind of work ethic that you often see pan out. Another one is Calvin Wiggins, who's a, a wide receiver out of out of Byron Nelson and, and Trophy Club, and and this guy's just got a great size and great speed. And SMU beat out TCU for him, which tells you that uh, Sonny Dykes is recruiting pretty well. But uh, he's going to be a great deep threat, I think, and, and might even be able to contribute as a true freshman. On the defensive end. Um, one guy name is, is Nelson Paul, who's a bit under the radar, but uh, SMU and defensive ends coach Randall Joyner pulled him out of Florida on early signing day. 
and he's not a kid that's going to blow you away with his athleticism, but great character and was just insanely productive, getting close to 20 sacks his, uh, in each of his last two years as a, a junior and a senior. So those are those are some guys that I think could tr- contribute right away. And then the big long-term guy from the class is uh, – Offensive lineman from Missouri, Danielson E.K., who SMU and Oklahoma were battling it out until signing day, and, and Sonny Dykes managed to pull it off and, and what was just a great uh, showing of his recruitment. And, and that guy's one of the better kids that SMU's recruited in a while, and, and I'm really excited to see what he can do. So uh, those are some names to watch in the 2019 class, and I think uh, Sonny Dykes will continue to recruit well. All right, and then I guess we can end it on this note. So I know uh, Joe knows this for sure, that I was really on the SMU bandwagon last year. I thought it was uh, pretty much a given that they were going to make a bowl game last year, especially heading into that game against Tulsa. So I was a little bit disappointed that it didn't happen. So looking at this year's schedule, though, it's a little bit harder to uh, – to imagine that so what are your predictions for uh, a record heading into 2019 you know if you ask me to pick like you said it's uh their schedule is a little more balanced they don't have uh, an fcs school and they don't have uconn but i think having some more stability at the quarterback position with shane buchel should should really help out and for that reason i'm going to say seven and five uh in the regular season and, and being able to get over that hump and make a bowl game um, there are plenty of losable games, but I also think there are plenty of winnable games. So it's just going to depend on how SMU does against the North Texases and Arkansas States and uh, schools like that, which uh, SMU can definitely beat, but also are no guarantees. So, But I, I'm going to uh, put my flag down in support of Shane Bouchelle and uh, what SMU is able to do on both sides with a second year in the system and I'd say that the program is pretty optimistic that it can improve from five and seven next year and and playing a bowl game. So I'll go with seven and five. Yeah, I agree. I think those first two games are going to be you know what make makes or break the 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 bowl mark for them. Um, Bill, again, I want to thank you for joining us. And before you go, uh, if you want to give a plug to yourself, the site, whatever you would like to do there. Yeah, for sure. You can follow uh, follow us on Twitter at SMU247 and go to our website at PonyStampede.com. It is a, a great bargain if you're an SMU fan and, and you aren't already subscribed for whatever reason. But uh, we have tons of VIP content every week, stuff on recruiting and football and basketball, and, and we're just we're really all over it. And no one really covers SMU that well outside of us, so... If you're an SMU fan or just an AAC fan that wants to keep up on conference foes, foes or anything like that, uh, definitely check us out. Um, my Twitter's Mayor underscore Philip if you want to give me a follow. And, um, yeah, that's it. All right. Phil, thanks again, man. We totally appreciate you coming on. Yeah, Joe and Joe, thanks for having me. Uh, good luck with everything. Thank you. Hopefully we'll talk again soon. All right, I guess now let's uh, let's just continue on here and do our preview here. And um, so he kind of said it a little bit. Five and seven team last year went four and four in the conference. Um, I I didn't realize. I guess I'm just because I'm just forgetting everything now already. 
But the record in the past five years is 20 and 41. I know. I, I just, I, I guess I just totally forgot about the years where they were just really bad when they came in the AAC. Yeah. Uh, I, I just totally, like, forgot about it. And I guess maybe that's part of me just always being on their on their side i don't know like i've always smu has been that team since i've uh, started this aac podcast that i've always backed but yeah it kind of blew my mind to see that mark uh 20 and 41 that would be really uh you know what's almost yeah. like more surprising oh. is that they with even with Cortland sudden and trey quinn like they they really weren't that good I mean, Say that again. So even with Cortland Sutton and, and oh okay Trey Quinn. Okay, I I heard something else for a second. I was like, but so yeah, I agree. I mean, the record, if you, I mean, when you look at it, it's true. It was proves it that. Seventeen that they left. That was their last Quinn Sutton. Let me look. Uh, well, yeah, yeah last year yeah, they had two it. receivers over a thousand yards and she was at eight hundred, and they went seven and six. Well, would they go the year before? Because those, different, all, I mean, a bunch of those names. Are, yeah, so a bunch of those names are there too. And then we talked about for Ben Hicks before. Like I said, it he owns some big numbers inside of the conference, and you know, he just dipped out before he left. But yeah, would I don't know. Not a whole lot to show for it, really. Other than it got Chad Morris a job. Yeah, I don't uh, I think we both agree that he he left too soon. Well, yeah, we said that last year too. Yeah, well, that's what I meant. Yeah, we said it last year. How do you year. get an SEC job after going 7 and 6? That's uh, hey, I, I know it's Arkansas, but still it's an SEC job. You went 7 yeah. and 6 at the AAC. I I have no arguments with what you just said there, my friend. Man. Yuck. All right, so he he talked about that offense. I guess we can talk about a little bit more from the little bit that we do know about this team. So, tell me his name again, Shane. No, you Bouchel. say it. You say Bouchel. it. Bouchel. What's, what's Navy's coach's name? Kenny. Oh my God. <laughs> no, no, my, my tongue's already twisted trying to think about it. Niyamata Lolo. I just did it. I feel like I'm teaching Ken, a yeah, third grader how to read. It's not phonetic. I'm just going to go with that argument. It is, though. <laughs> it's about as easy as it gets for a difficult name. I'm going to like, start mispronouncing names. I don't even mean to do it purposely. I'm 100% serious about that either. Arkansas State is the first game. So, like he kind of said with that game, so Arkansas State, for me, is one of those teams heading in this year I think could have big numbers for a G5 school. But I think Arkansas State has a legit shot to win double digits. Are they your and team at Sunbelt? I think I just said that, possibly. But did you say it? You're big nope. into this non-committal stuff, like oh, I, nope. they might be not my yet. team, but they're not. I need to, I need to see the uh, numbers that I'm com- been complaining to Bovado about for not providing me yet, so I can write this article. Who needs an article when you have a podcast? I still need the numbers. Don't no. Nope. Go on a whim, man. 
Well, I just said it. I think I think that they can go win double digit games this year. No, oh, that's Arkansas State. Right. I think they can. Justin Hansen, that offense. A State. They've always been one of my favorite G five teams too, for some reason. Well, that's because of me and my roommate back in the day. Then it's so I guess what do you think in that game? Win, loss. Well, I think if they're if if SMU is supposed to be better this year, which I don't really know. I honestly I'm more just kind of unsure about SMU more than anything. I know you like them, but it, it seems like they have the talent to to be better, but I don't I haven't seen anything that tells me yeah, they're they're going to do a lot better than they did last year and they're going to win eight plus games and you and i were talking about this before is that their projected wins is 6.1 and we both kind of said uh i don't know how i'm gonna find six wins on the schedule but i think if they're supposed to be better this year and it seems like they are headed that way but i have no idea they should win this game this is a game that i I know arkansas state could be good but they really, they really need to win this one. And after losing to North Texas last year, I'm not super confident about it. Yeah, I think that's part of the concern, too, because it's North Texas in week two there. So we could talk about SMU being 0-2 right out of the gate. Because, yeah, Arkansas State, like I said, I, I have big hopes on them, but I, I've said a million times on this podcast, I have big hopes on SMU, too. So... What makes it hard is the fact, obviously, it's uh, on the road. And then the following week, when you see what North Texas did to them last year, and North Texas didn't lose a whole lot. Uh, North Texas is going to be one of the another one of those really good G5 teams this year, actually. So I, I think one thing is for certain, that at least in those two games, so, um, we're going to see a ton of offense between those three teams. You know what's scary is that Arkansas, the Arkansas State and the USF game, both on the road, have the same win probability. I noticed 37%. that as well. That's I crazy. Know. Sorry, not to get too far ahead. I just saw that. I don't know, I see, always, I'll say you're always win. thinking ahead. I'm trying, man. My wife doesn't think so. So wait, you're saying they win which game? The, the first one, Arkansas State. Yeah. You're saying they're winning Arkansas State. All right, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give that a loss. Really? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be I'm, high I, on SMU and give them a loss in the first week. Because I'm really, I do really like Ar- Arkansas State this year. Oh, I think Arkansas gosh. State. I just said they're gonna win double digit games, so yeah. I can't just. <laughs> they're going double digit game. First game, lost. Don't care. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. Fine, fine. That's fair. I'll I'll let you All have right. that. I, then I can't say that they're gonna. Then they gotta lose two more in the next uh, eleven weeks. All right. Whatever. Now the the following week, and it, it, this one's the one that's a little bit harder for me to say, but I'm gonna give them a win against North Texas, even though I really like Mason Fine this year too. I think it's going to be tough for North Texas to win two in a row against SMU, especially that's, now that it's that's yeah, it's at home door. too. Yeah, well, yeah, that adds to it too. And, I mean, these games, you know, in the state of Texas, you know, they, I think they get a little bit more amped up too because we know a lot of these guys you know, they they come from the the area as well. I mean, even okay, we could just dive in there next week. It's one against Texas State, 
Um, when, I, at least me personally, like I, you know, from what I've seen from Texas State from the past, uh, let's just say five years, uh, I've, they're not even on an SMU level right now. No. Okay, so I think that's where I'm a two and one, and you are three and zero. Wait, I just said, said it's going to be hard to win six games, and they're at three and zero. I have them. You have them already at three and zero. You're way more optimistic than I am. Maybe you're bigger on them than I am. Well, I don't. I'm not. I didn't. I wasn't the one that said that I'm high on SMU. I just, you know, I'm pretty level headed with them. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they're two and one. I'll take. No, remember I said don't say hot take. Here, okay, you know what? Public service announcement. If you have a hot take on Twitter, just say what you have to say. Don't tell me hot take and then a colon and then tell me your hot take. Just tell me your hot take and get it over with. I just wanted you to do that. God. I just wanted you to do that. That's and don't just do that oh, part. Mildly hot take or uh, unpopular take. No, just it's a take. Type it. I don't need you to tell me what it is. I will determine if it's a hot take, or whoever is reading it will determine it's a hot take. Let's put an end to this nonsense. Or a freezing cold take. I yeah. do love that. I do love that account. I like when people have things to say. Like, don't be afraid to say something, because guess what? In the end, no one's going to care. Charles Barkley just said something about the Warriors. Oh, he blamed the Warriors training staff, or the Warriors, he said, for making Kevin Durant play. Okay, dude, first of all, the people that are doing it, doing that job, have way more experience in what they're doing. So you have no idea what you're talking about. But do people tune him out? No, they don't. So just say what you have to say. Who cares if it's stupid? In the end, it doesn't matter. I mean, Skip Bayless and Stephen A made a living off of it. They still do. You may not like it, but it, it works. It makes people money. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Joe Talk. Joe Talk. I lo- oh, hey, how about that? All right. That's what I'm here for, buddy. All <laughs> right, so Texas State, we're going to win, right? TCU, we're just going to chuck that up as a loss, right? Yeah, we don't yeah. even have to talk about it that much. Nope. Yeah, especially the way that TCU blasted them last year, 42-12. to 12. Yep. And that was at home. So okay, that game could get ugly. I, I, I think the one thing uh, you know we could hope for is maybe SMU does manage to put up more than 12 points. Well, two years ago, it was a, it was a high-scoring game. I don't remember. Yeah, the, I do remember that do you game. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember I what the score was, but it was... was. But I know they went back and forth for a while. I yeah. do remember that. Yep. And then the following week is another road game against... USF. I noticed with their schedule, like man, they don't. A lot of teams in the conference got some breaks early on. But they they play right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. In that hot weather too, you would think that since it's Texas, they maybe they hold off where it gets a little cooler. I guess not. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking that. No, nah, well, maybe they're just used to it, so they don't really care. I guess that could be that too. All right. So then, like I said, the following we get USF. Um, we'll get to USF soon in our previews. But um, they're going to be a hard team, at least to figure out what's going on with them kind of defensively. We, I guess, kind of know what to make of them offensively. But kind of like you said earlier, it, it it is intriguing that they have the same winning percentage as Arkansas State, at least according to um, to Bill Connolly's uh, numbers. That number, 37%. I'm going to say SMU loses. 
Yeah, with that being a road game, I think I have to uh, go that route as well. Do you have them at two and three? I have them at two and three, but then I have them coming hot. Don't you worry. All right, all right. I have them at three and two, so. I have them coming hot in a second. All right, so the following week is a redemption game at home against Tulsa. Oh, your birthday's 10-5? 10-5, baby. That's my mother's birthday, too. Oh, I knew it was a good day. I think I got that date right. I'm not good with dates. Yo, name, oh, jeez. You can't just throw that out there with uncertainty. Especially your Date. mom. Come on, man. I'm pretty sure it's 10. No, I'm kidding. It's 10-5. Which, what's your mom's name? Elsa. Elsa, your son apologizes because he should know your birthday without any doubt. Mom, if it is on 10-5, I am honored to share a birthday with you. Mom, even though I know you're not listening to this episode... I know your birthday's on time. Don't, don't doubt your mother. She loves you. She's not listening to this podcast. Trust me. She tells me that all the time. <laughs> okay. So Tulsa chalking that up as a win because they got to make up for that embarrassment to knock them out of a bowl game last year in the final game of the year. think they're going to have a little chip on their shoulder there. It'll be at home. I know they got a new quarterback, but the rest of the team is going to come out there and stick it to them. So, and we've already talked about. I don't think either one of us are really high on Tulsa this year. So, no, and I can't give remember me that what win. I said for this game in Tulsa, but I found it. So it was two years ago. I can't remember what I ate yesterday. Can think I remember the podcast we did two weeks ago? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So SMU beat Tulane two years ago to prevent Tulane from going to a bowl game, and Tulsa they beat. But the, Tulsa and SMU played in the last game of the season, right? Last year? Yep. yep. And Tulsa, Tulsa beat them. To not, yeah. So maybe Tulsa goes five. Who does Tulsa play last? Uh, I can't give you that answer, but I know the end game for SMU this year is Tulane once again. You know? so Hold on. Maybe it's SMU knocking oh, out Tulane perfect. this year. Perfect. So here's what's going to happen. So two years ago, SMU stops Jonathan Banks on the one-inch line. To prevent mm-hmm. them from going to a bowl game, Tulsa beats SMU to prevent them from being going to a bowl game. Tulsa is going to go five and seven this year because ECU is going to beat them in the last game. There Keep that you, trend going. There it is. I like it. Joe is the ECU homer. I am the SMU guy. Like it. Like it. Like it. Okay, SMU is going to win this game though on your mom's birthday. Then they get two weeks off for a home game against Temple. Can't believe I'm about to do this, but... You're going to give them a... No, don't you dare. I'm giving them a dub against Uh, my Owls. Yuck. I'm giving them an L. You're giving them an L in that game. Yeah. Reasons being... I'm not... I don't know. I'm worried about Temple this year. I've gotten new, into your head. New head coach. Lost a couple pieces on the big pieces on the offensive side of the ball. Lost some really big pieces on the defensive side of the ball. I'm a little worried about my voice. Yeah, I am. I am too. So I'll take credit for making you worry about your own team, but 
I looked at what I was I looking at. I looked at it the other day, and I was I just thought, oh, it was we're doing our position previews, and I kept looking through where all, where Temple's rankings we have them, and it's it's not promising. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm worried. I mean, one of the I mean, I do think that we're giving you know i think we just put it out the other day the offensive line is going to be a strength for them and they always have uh solid guys on their defensive line they i don't know it just seems to be like a, a rotation of those guys managing to get in the nfl but i i'm just more concerned about last year their defensive backfield was great with all the guys they had back there and oh well, they're all gone it's going to be a bunch of uh, guys that are going to get a ton of playing time to figure it out. And with the new coaching staff, you just don't know. Hmm. Wow. The linebackers will be pretty beastly, though, when we get to that portion of our previews. That's true. So, yeah. So, I'm a little bit worried. Would this be in a game at, at SMU? Yeah, I mean, you got to take that it's also – they will have two weeks off to prepare for that game. Temple's got to fly all the way from Philly to Dallas – I mean, that's that's a hell of a hike. I don't care if you're 18, 20. It's a good hike. Man. I'm worried about you now. Well, I'm being smart sometimes. So what do you have, have SMU at? I have them at four and three. And you have them at what? You have them at four and three as well now, right? Uh... You give yeah. the Temple a win. Okay. Yeah. yeah, four and three. Yep. All right, then I thought this was a little bit interesting in the next game. is uh, It's kind of a short turnaround after that Temple game where they go on the road to play Houston. But I also I checked Houston's schedule as well to see if they had the same situation. They do, but I think there's a huge difference when you are SMU playing against Temple and then when you're Houston playing against UConn. <clears throat> Little bit. Little bit. Now, one thing that you can say is the next game for Houston is UCF. So maybe they overlook SMU and maybe SMU pulls off a miracle again. Yeah, but I'm, look, I'm, I look think who SMU I, plays next. Well, yeah, they're going to get smashed. No one's overlooking anybody. Let's talk a little bit about that game last year, that Houston game. Oh, do we have to? I mean, just for a half a second. And then the other thing, so we talked about before the show, but I think it's kind of a weird number that the Houston game is at 39%. For a win probability, whatever he just has these things as win probability. Win probability, yeah. I think that's uh, I don't know. That's at compared to some of the other numbers, it's it's close to the same number as USF on the road and Arkansas State on the road. Hmm, that's true. That's weird. I don't like that. that. And then, so like, and then if you jump to the next week, we got you know, Memphis. It goes all the way down to sixteen. Yeah, but that's because Memphis has more, way more stability than 
Houston, USF, and well, Arkansas State's just different, but Houston and USF. Yeah, I don't know. That, 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 it is weird, though. That is, I mean, it's just kind of weird how those numbers kind of work out. I mean, we we talked about before we started here that we don't know exactly what goes into his formula, but it, I don't know. It kind of blew my mind how these numbers start to uh, to change like that, and with Houston being so close to Arkansas State and USF. Well, and SMU I, always you plays. and I both think that, sorry, not to cut you off, but I think both of us agree that Houston, we are bigger on heading into this year than the Bulls. Yeah, but SMU seems to always play Houston tough, and last year they beat them. So, and the two years before that, they they really, well, no, they didn't they beat that? No, I'm thinking of Tulsa. Well, Regardless, SMU's played Houston tough and gave them issues, so I'm almost not surprised, but at the same time I am, because it's like USF is just in such a different place than Houston is. Yeah, I have uh, no arguments with it, but give me, give me a win or a loss. Loss. So you've got them at? Four and four. Four and four. I'm going four and four as well. Oh, I was about to lose my mind. That can come on now. You're and then the following crazy. week, Memphis. Again, I mean, can they shock them? Yes. Will they? No. Four no. and five. Four and five. Now, now is when they go on their run. If they, I think you and I can both agree. If they come to this part of the season. Before, with this record that we both have them at four and five here, you feel pretty confident about them getting to a bowl game? Yeah. Oh, no, actually, no, no. I've just realized who's there. It's your team, ECU. All right, I guess let's just start that with that one. So what do you give of that game? Oh, see, this is where I want to know what I said for East. Oh, hold on. Let me look at ECU's schedule. We're all our haters that remember everything that we say. Let's see. They're crawling out the woodwork right now. For a <laughs> Today, Junior. Yeah, sh- shut up. Okay? You just shut your mouth over there. Well, you already know what I'm giving them, so I'm at 5-5. Five and five. Let me see here. Giving him the win against ECU. No, I'm. I think I gave him a loss, or I give SMU the win. You gave SMU a win in this game? Yeah, because they're at home. I looked at ECU's schedule. I'm pretty sure I gave ECU a loss in this game. So SMU wins. Five and five. Five and five apiece. All right, then another tough. This is the tough one. And we said the mistake that we forgot to ask Austin on the last show was the factor of playing in Annapolis when it, when you play against Navy. So this game is at Navy. I'm already on the record of saying Navy, I think, is going to be pretty terrible this year. So you know my prediction is they win. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I'll agree with you there. So, with other at a bowl game. 
They are at a bowl game at six and five. We're both at Dang. six and five. I didn't. I honestly thought the last game I was going to have them the last game needing to win. Hmm. So did I. To be honest, so did I. Hmm. I think I think Phil put some confidence into our picks now because he, he said seven, he puts he said seven and five, or we're sitting at seven and five right now. It could be, or maybe we're this both at six and late. five. We're both at six and five. You said win against Navy, right? Yep. And we're both at six and five. We got there a little differently, but we're but we're both there. All right, then the the, the finale. That's I think this year the two teams that heading into the season that are so similar in comparisons, it's these two teams, SMU and Tulane. I feel like it's been like that since we started this podcast, you know? Those two teams have always, it's the, they're like right in the middle. They could be really good, but they're just kind of, they kind of just stick right where we have them in the preseason. Fair point. I think, I know heading into last year, especially, there was a, um, a lot of sleeper hype with Tulane. And I think maybe that was maybe one year. T- Premature, maybe maybe this is the year Tulane is that uh is that sleeper team. Maybe. Yeah. Although we thought that last year. Also very true. But I also thought the same about SMU. Making a bowl game last year. I'm this saying loss. Tough, this is a tough one to do. This is a tough one. Six and six for me. You're at six and six. Well, that gets them into a bowl game, so at least that's a positive note from last year. And uh, so in my head, you know what's sticking in my head right now? Because we're getting ready to do these position previews. But uh, Tulane's defense, I don't think we gave them enough credit last year or any year, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But... Sticking to my guns. Seven and five. Hmm. I'm with you, Phil. Seven wins for the Mustangs this year. Good for you. And you got six and six. That'll put them in uh, probably the Frisco Bowl, which is literally in Dallas, if I remember correctly. Oh, great. I don't really care. More football is better. Oh, I agree with that. More football is always gooder, man. As long as they put up a better showing than they did two years ago, the first game under Sonny Dykes. Yikes. That was miserable. Yep. All right, I guess that uh, wraps up this episode on the SMU Mustangs. Uh Who's next up on our list? Dude, shouldn't you know that? You're in charge of everything. Oh, I gotta make you do something. Oh my gosh. Is it Tulane? I've it's It's either Tulane I'm, or USF, Mike. Pretty sure it's like. Tulane. Oh, alright. So maybe next week I'll change them and all the haters will remind me that I picked SME next week. <laughs> Doubtful. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we got Tulane next week. That'll be fun. 
All right, so, again, we want to thank Phil for joining the show. If you're not following PonyStampede.com, do so. Like he said, they are, I agree, one of the better SMU follows out there. And not just football, it goes for basketball, baseball, all sports there. Um, make sure you're doing that. And then, like Joe said, we're on to Tulane next week. We're going to keep it going with these previews. So, if you're not following the Underdog Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Apple, however you listen to all these things, there's a gazillion ways nowadays. Joe, how do you listen to us? On my phone through, uh, what do I have? Just the podcast app. All right. I I use Apple. Just curious. Everybody's using different things these days. Doesn't matter how you listen as long as you're listening. Yeah. Is yours free? Yep. Oh, I need to. We need to talk once the show ends, then, because I'm paying for Apple. Not too thrilled about that. Mm. Hey, I need any dollars for me to go to Europe? Let's do it, buddy. <laughs> there you go. Do we need to start a GoFundMe for you? Yeah, we might need a GoFundMe to get home. Yeah. Nah. Figured out just, how to get. You can just stay there, and you have to do podcasts at three in the morning. Podcast for three o'clock in the morning at Nana's house. Yeah, she would love it. What time is it over there right now? So what time is it here? It's eight. So it is two o'clock in the morning. Perfect. That wouldn't be too bad. Nah. Except for I couldn't guarantee I'd be sober at two o'clock in the morning. That's true. All right. Again, thanks for listening to this episode of the Underdog Podcast. I'm Joe Serpico. You can follow me at Joe Serp. Joe is at Joe Broback. And then until next time. Yeah, I don't have anything good this time. Joe, give me something. Why you always got to put that on me, man? <laughs> <laughs>